Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. How you doing today, my love? I'm well, sweetheart. All right, so I have a little story for you guys. Here it goes. Once in a far-off land, there lived a group of villagers who were tired of living in isolation from the rest of the world. They wanted to achieve greatness and be known for their exceptional qualities. One fateful day, a wise man in the village visited them and offered a solution to their problems. He told them about the concept of egregores. Egregores are entities formed by a collective energy of a group of individuals, the wise man said. They can be positive or negative, but they always have power of the group that created them. Excited and intrigued, the villagers listened intently as the wise man explained more about egregores. He told them how to create an egregore, how they could use it to their advantage, and what consequences could be if they didn't use it wisely. Since seeing the opportunity to change their lives, the villagers decided to create their own egregore. They gathered together and focused all their energy, thoughts, and beliefs in this entity they were creating. They named it the Great One and assigned it certain qualities they admired. As time passed, the entity grew stronger, taking a life of its own. The Great One became the village's guiding force and they used its power to achieve their goals. It provided them with the courage to fight their enemies, the strength to rebuild their homes, and the knowledge to improve their lives. However, the villagers soon discovered that egregores, like any other entity, required constant attention to stay powerful. They had to work together to maintain its strength or it would cease to function correctly. The villagers, realizing their mistake, began to neglect neglect the Great One. They became overconfident and began taking its power for granted. They thought they could stop working together and that it would still be there for them. As a result, the Great One began to weaken and the villager lost his fatality. It wasn't until much later the that the they realized their mistakes they started working together once again to reinvigorate the great one from that day forward the villagers recognized the power of an egregor and worked together to create more positive entities to guide and protect them they learned to respect and cherish these entities and never took them for granted again So, egregors are a fascinating concept that are often associated with religious and spiritual belief systems. In this podcast episode, we'll explore what an egregor is, how it is created, and how it can be used with religious and spiritual context. First, let's start with a definition. An egregor is a thought form or collective energy field that is created by a group of people who share a common purpose or belief. This energy field can then take on a life of its own and can influence the behavior and attitudes of the people who participate in it. The word egregor comes from the Greek word eidos, meaning form, and gregors, meaning watcher or ruler. This reflects the idea that an egregor is a powerful entity that can influence the thoughts, emotions, and actions of the individual who participate in it. 
Political movements can create egregores through shared values, beliefs, and goals. These can be positive, such as a movement for social justice or environmental protection, or negative, such as a movement based on hatred or exclusion. So sports team can create egregores through collective energy of their fans and players. This energy can be used to enhance performance, creates a sense of community, and foster a sense of loyalty and identity. Fraternities and sororities often create egregores through their shared rituals, traditions, and symbols. These egregores can be used to foster a sense of brotherhood or sisterhood, promote shared values and ideals, and create a sense of belonging and identity. Businesses, organizations, um, can create egregores through shared goals, values, and practices. These egregores can be used to promote their work, uh, promote teamwork, enhance productivity, and create a positive corporate culture. Spiritual and religious groups, as mentioned earlier, often create egregores through shared practices such as prayer, meditation, and ritual. These egregores can be used to deepen the connection to the divine, foster a sense of community, and promote spiritual growth and development. Brands can also be seen as egregores. They are created by a company with a shared purpose and identity, and they can have a powerful influence on its consumers' behavior and perceptions. So how is an egregor created? Typically, it begins with a group of people who share a common interest, goal, or belief system. They come together and engage in various practices that reinforce their shared intention, such as prayer, meditation, ritual, or even simply discussion and conversation. As do so, as they do so, they create a sort of psychic energy field that is greater than the sum of its parts. This is the egregore. Once an egregore is created, it can then be used to reinforce and amplify the beliefs and practices of the group. For example, a religious congregation may create an egregor through their shared worship practices, which then reinforces their beliefs and strengths, their connections to their deity or deities. Uh, similarly, similarly, I can't pronounce that word. <laughs> similarly, a group of uh, practitioners of a particular spiritual tradition may create a egregor that helps them access certain states of consciousness or connect with other realms of existence. Utilizing egregors can be a powerful tool to help you achieve your goals and desires. Here are some ways you can utilize egregors for your benefit. Join a positive and supportive egregor. Seek out groups that align with your values and beliefs and join them. Being part of a positive, supportive egregor can help you feel more connected and empowered and can, and can provide you with motivation and inspiration to achieve your goals. Secondly, create your own egregor. You can create your own by setting a clear intention and gathering a group of like-minded individuals who share your vision. By focusing your collective thoughts and actions on your shared goal, you can create a powerful thought form that can help you manifest your desires. Practicing visual visualization and meditation. Visualize yourself as a part of a strong and positive egregor and meditate on your desired outcome. This can help you tap into the collective energy of the group and align your thoughts and actions with your intention. Lastly, focus on positive affirmations. Positive affirmations focus on the outcomes you want to achieve. This can help you stay focused on your goals and keep your thoughts and actions aligned with your intention. It's important to note that utilizing egregores should always be done in a positive and ethical way. It's important to respect the free 
will and autonomy of others and avoid using egregores to manipulate or harm others. It's worth noting that not all egregores are positive or beneficial. In fact, some can be quite negative or destructive. For example, a group of individuals who share a common hatred or prejudice can create an egregore that reinforces and amplifies those negative beliefs, leading to harmful behaviors and attitudes. So how can we use the concept of egregores within our own spiritual or religious practices? One way is to be conscious of the collective energy we are creating through our shared beliefs and practices by intentionally creating a positive and supportive egregore. We can strengthen our connection to our spirituality and deepen our understanding of our beliefs. Another way to work with egregores is to consciously dissolve them when they are no longer serving us. For example, if a group of individuals come together with a shared intention, but then that intention is no longer relevant or helpful, it may be time to intentionally dissolve the egregor and release the energy back into the universe. So, that was a lot of information we just threw out there. What do you think about it? Um, I have a better understanding of what it is. Um, I can't say that I've heard the word before. I don't know what planet I was on. (laughs) But um, it's definitely a new word for me. But the concept of it or the definition behind it, Gregor, is something that I'm able to understand from the examples that were shared. Mm. And it seems like um, egregores are around us in every aspect of our lives. Mm. So, for instance, when they were explaining teamwork or camaraderie in sports, I can definitely relate to seeing fans really encourage the players to Mm. do their best while they're doing the sport. Like, it takes a team effort to have that experience or game end up being beneficial to a team (laughs) or Mm. both teams, right? Because you have to play your hardest in order to get the result of the game. When I think of egregores, I think of money. Mm. Money is one of the most powerful created entities that we accept as a collective. We all accept that a dollar is four quarters. We all accept that a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars. A million dollars is a million dollars. But at the end of the end of the day, it's paper. But we give that paper value as a collective. And that that energy we pour towards that gives it more value and gives it life. I absolutely love that example because of the explanation of Egregor being negative or positive. Right. And the idea of money, we all know that we need it in order to function. Do we? Do we? Right? That's the question. But in order to live in the society that we live in, you need money <laughs> to support yourself or to have things that you need. However, on the flip side of that, we give it more value than it actually needs when it comes to comparisons with other people, our peers, mm. or how we classify individuals in this world. Another powerful um, egregore, in a sense, is... Um, you know, spiritual beliefs. You know, um, I know a lot of people who may listen to us may be religious or, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect whatever your beliefs are, but you give power just by believing and having faith in your specific beliefs, which creates that, which collectively gives energy towards that entity or that deity you know um before christianity um let's just say rome they had several different gods that they um gave power to as well as egypt as well as um um west african traditions or traditions all over the continent or traditions all over asia like before we had these three major religions they were 
infinite amount of religions. Right now, Hindu culture, they give these entities power. They give these entities life. Or, another instance, Native Americans, um, when there's a drought, what do they do? They get into a collective circle. They drum, they sing, they dance around the fire to create rain. Now, if all that collective energy is gathered and released out into the 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 the, the atmosphere, you know, rain may fall. You know, if they believe it, there was another thing that I, I think it was an article that I seen that one thousand monks, I forget what part of Asia was it, but um, they all meditated collectively and thought about one specific thought and there was this uh, scientist who were doing like um, heat scans you know those scans that show your body heat and the scans show like body heat like rising from all of the monks <laughs> yeah like mental I don't know if it's like mental or spiritual whatever but as a collective, that thought, like, like, you know how you have leaves all over and you rake them all up and they come in one pile? Like, that's that's what it kind of looked like within that, like, that heat scan. But it just blew my mind when I was researching this and then all these different instances and thoughts that, I, that I've come across before just came, like, rushing back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I, um... Just learning about the details of Gregor and what she shared about religion and money, it's all very much a way of our lives. You know, I think that in society, you have leaders and you have followers. Politics, politicians. Right. There's, there's, there's certain aspects that make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. And explaining it, and now knowing the word for it, I'm like, okay, I'm putting the two together. Mm -hmm. And just realizing that literally everything in life has some sort of like egregore attached to it. Mm -hmm. Or something that we are working towards together to give power to, mm -hmm. to make that goal happen or occur or maintain that life system or cycle <laughs> it was a very interesting um i used to watch this show that came on stars that were well, the first season it was called american gods right mm -hmm. and it was based on old pagan gods that were brought here from like um people who immigrated from different countries you know mm -hmm. and a lot of these norse gods like the god of war let's just say Ares, um greek god he, a lot of these guys, these old pagan gods were losing power because they were dying away because people didn't believe in them, believe in them anymore. So some of these gods would um, change themselves. So Ares turned into instead of it, instead of him being like the Greek god of war, he became the American god of of guns and war. So he had to change himself. Um, Uh, what was the other one? Um, Nancy, the 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 trickster god, the West African, you know, spider god. Um, he had to change himself too in order to. Basically, these gods were powered by prayer, and worship, and the day people stopped praying and worshiping to them, is when they just cease to exist. And I'm like. Is that really a fact? Like, are gods more powerful or are entities more powerful when a lot of people believe in them? I would say yes, because I think everything in life has an energy force to it, connected mm -hmm. to it. 
And um, I don't know if you're a child, like, you know, when you were a child, if your mom has ever said, don't give this thing power, mm -hmm. or like over a bully or like a situation where you're like, don't give it power. When you don't give that thing power, you don't have that thing or that person does not have access mm -hmm. to hurt you as much, right? Because you created a barrier or set boundaries for yourself. I believe the same thing happens like opposite from what you're saying. Whatever we give energy to, we'll, we'll give it existence. But whatever we retract from and don't give energy to is no longer relevant. Mm -hmm. But it takes a force of us or a group of people to end up believing or like not putting energy into something for it to no longer be relevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say an example of that is I think America, when it was very much like fully <laughs> a society where it was tradition to go on church on Sunday. How mm -hmm. many people do you know that really go to church like every single day? Not many. It's not, it's not as, you know, mandatory as it once used to be mm -hmm. where everybody, like literally that's what they would do, get dressed in their Sunday best, right? Another thing is style. You can look at that with style where a certain era you had a, a trend or a style where people were dressing classy or formal. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to use the word classy, but dressing in a, in a manner that you don't see people wearing suits every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's now more relaxed. But we gave that kind of trend phasing out the, a little bit less energy than when it was a trend. So I think that with Egregor, it doesn't matter what category or what context you're associating that narrative to. But we all experience it in some manner or shape. It's very interesting, right? Because collectively, I've seen like a, a group of churchgoers, right? Mm -hmm. Pray for a certain individual. Like everyone in the church is focusing that mind power, that spirit power, that whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. towards that one person. And most of the time, it it works. Absolutely. So, collectively, we're more powerful together than divided. And this division, this divisiveness, you know, between organized religion and belief systems and a lot of these things that racism or whatever whatever isms you want to put on it 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 entices us to be divided instead of us working together as a collective this is my personal opinion i absolutely agree with you and something popped up in my head where i believe the reason why these issues are not addressed in our society. I'm speaking for America within itself because we mm. have a shitload of crap <laughs> going on right now with gun violence, with racism and everything. So much so that there's travel bans on America right now in different countries mm. for the violence and for discrimination and all these things. But I believe because we live in a society that is very capitalistic and we exist through money and through wealth and through kind of like the exchange of goods, wealth and goods. If they address the situations that are making it so chaotic for us to live, how would they make their money? How would they profit off of racism? How would they profit off of, you know, guns? How would they profit off of the things that are negative? So in a, in, in a sense, I feel like America's a big experiment of people giving energy in the shape of a Gregor's, <laughs> that is a, a negative example. Because America is thriving for those that want it to continue the way that it is. Mm. But a lot of us that are suffering the consequences of that decision, we're not reaping the benefits, but somebody is. Are we really worshiping, quote unquote, you know, the creator, the God that... Because... All religion, well, there are three major religions, right? They all worship one God. Muslims, Islam, they worship one God. 
Hebrews, they worship one God. Christians, they worship one God. They're all worshiping the same God, but they're still divided. Why? Are we really worshiping God or are we worshiping money? Is money the new, quote unquote, is it the major egregore that's running everything? And this unconscious things we do to collect this money, to feed this machine as America, is that, does that equal like prayers to that egregore? When you divide a group of people, you can conquer them. Mm. That's all I think that is. The more chaos and confusion you cause amongst a group of people is a, a way to distract them in order to get to whatever you're trying to get to. So money could be a distraction. Divide could be a distraction. Racism could be a distraction. Bad education in our schools could be a distraction. There's so many factors in what can be a distraction. It's a distraction. We're distracted. You know what? What about social media? Is that a new egregore? Absolutely. And is, I think is TikTok uh egregore? Yes, it's created a like it's created a drug for people to like ignore the issues that are at hand. Mm. Women can't even decide what they could do with their bodies. Mm. And how many people are here outside marching? Mm. We're scrolling on TikTok and Instagram and posting whatever on Facebook. Like or nobody, if they if they are marching, they marching just so they can post it on social media. Right. I mean, like you see that now. Everything requires a phone in your hand to mm. post. But are you really being intentional? Are you really being aware of what, what the fuck is going on? So the whole point of deities is to have attention on them and prayers towards them. So, technology, capitalism, let's just say capitalism, money, let's just say that's Zeus, and then Zeus has all his kids and his siblings, let's say social media is one of those siblings, let's say um, the divisiveness of, you know, religions and wars and and school shootings and 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 police brutality that's like aries you know what i mean like that's the god of war right there like what if all these old gods just like in this show american gods had to transform into something else to still be relevant and we're still Worshipping those same old gods that's here today. You may not be far off. Mm. There, there probably requires balance for everything, right? We talk about the balance, right? And I remember us having a conversation about good versus evil, where you made a statement like, there's no such thing as evil. But I may have to disagree with that where I feel like you can't have the yin without the yang. You can't have good without evil. You can't have this without that. So going back to what the statement you're making, I feel like, yes, there are more people on Zeus's team right now that are relevant because we don't even have access to what the positive aspect of it is. We don't have the other side of the scale. Somebody's withholding that from us in order for things to feel balanced or in order for things to function in our reality. Like, I don't think anyone right now, well, I, think, I don't think most of us, when we say anyone, is living within a reality or living in a natural state of what they would have been without colonization or, you know, discrimination or mm. anything. You know what I mean? It keeps adding up because it's like the years go by. So post-colonization, you have something else that's, you know, um, not allowing us to progress forward as a group of people, regardless mm. of what your race is. It's like whether you're on one end or the other end of the stick, it's like we are both in a war where we don't have weapons to defend ourselves because the narrative is already told, hey, you, take this spear, hey, you, take this spear, and fight each other. Like, nobody really knows where the source is coming from. They give us an illusion of choice, but yeah, exactly. I think 
freedom. Like I see, I see the humanity. Well, let me not say humanity. I see the God in everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I'm walking down the street, and I just see people in their natural like state without even consciously thinking about it. They're just being themselves. Or when I see a child making like have like playing with themselves like pretend like playing pretend you know what i mean like just making up scenarios and children just having that imagination you know i I see the god in that and you know even with like animals just like we are the only beings on this planet that need a book to tell us how we should be. No, lions don't read books on how to be a lion. Trees don't read books on how to be a tree. We are the only things on this planet that takes guidance from organized situations, you know, that's sought to divide us, control us, and take the power away from us so we can't create our own McGregors. Mm-hmm. Like, before I gained knowledge yourself, I had no idea what West African gods were like. You know, those, those gods are, you know, within African-American communities. Like, for the bigger, be- bigger part of us, those gods are not here anymore. You know what I mean? We have no idea what those gods are unless you still connected from your roots from the South. You know, grandma's still doing root work, you know, or you got voodoo or hoodoo. You know what I mean? Like, we had to research who our gods were. Yeah. I mean, you just explained it perfectly right there. The number one thing was control is what you said. Mm Mm-hmm. Books are a wonderful resource for us, but sometimes it's like your books are chosen for you, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe the context is you are not allowed to read unless you're reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. That was something for us historically, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a matter of control. You don't have control over your own narrative. You don't have control in finding your And then you're demonized once you try to embrace your roots. Yes, but this is something that I'm like, it's already a narrative that was created for us. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, okay, you started off, you can't read a book unless it's a a Bible. Two, you can't, you know, study this information in school because it's a post-race theory context. Mm -hmm. So we don't even want you to go there. It's like a a matter of control of what you can and cannot do. The illusion illusion of freedom that you were mentioning Mm -hmm. in, in the previous, like, kind of conversation about this. But um, it, it's tough. It's tough because just how we live in a society where we can't really make a decision like animals can about how to live their lives, mm-hmm. um, everything was pretty much designed for us. So we are living in an egregore where we don't really have control. And even if we feel like we can have control, our personalities were designed, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, Heritage wise, like you're saying, you don't even know unless you have talked to a great grandma about root work. But it's like even those little small things that are embedded within us. Why do people pour for their homies? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like it's still like inevitably we still have that connection, but we're not tapping into it in order to remember or to give it that energy or existence. I think a lot of us are. One, content. Two, afraid. So I just say scared. <laughs> and three, just lack the understanding of self, who we are internally. Because 95% of our existence is external validation. You know, we want to fit in. We want our tribes and our groups to accept us, you know, because we're, we're human. We're, we're, we're like tribal people. We, we have to have our certain sex and all that, but. Do you think we really are? 
I, I, no, I think we really are because it, it comes from the source. Like, yeah. at our very bottom, like, like precipice of existence is family. You know, tribe is family. And nobody on this planet wants to be alone. Granted. But at the same time, we still have to focus on the inner validation rather than the external validation. Because once you start on that inner validation, that's when those situations where you're pouring for the homie or you're doing hoodoo or voodoo, like that's when that magic within comes out. You know, um, learn to sit in silence, learn to meditate, do a little research on what we were before a lot of us got here in America or, or all over the diaspora, Jamaica, Haiti, whatever, whatever. Learn who we were or learn who we are. Or, or create egregores that benefits us and not just the 1% of the world. Do you believe, though, that if people are content with who they are, they would want to seek validation externally? No. If you're truly content with who you are, do you care what somebody else cares Not at about all. You? Not so at all. So then um, that's why I was like, my question to you is like, then how does 90% of humans or people not know who they are? It starts in home. It starts in home. Once children become conscious of their surroundings um let me backpack children are naturally free they have very rarely have fear of you know exploring and and figuring things out because everything is brand new for them but once they reach a certain age where influences uh parents say no don't do that well this will happen we start to put our influence on that child and that child will seek that external validation for example when our child is going to do something bad and he knows i'm going to say something about it he looks at me first but when he does something he looks at me just to see if i'm going to say something that's external validation yes it is so that goes on to the school system. Um, external validation. You want, well, most of us wants to do well in school. You know, we want to find our cliques and our groups or whatever, and we want to hang out with them. We're looking for external validation. Then we go to work. A lot of that is based on external validation, too. You want to do too. a good job so you can get a promotion. You want to get a promotion so you can get higher External up. validation. Right. So we, I'm sorry, but we lose ourselves from the moment we're children. I think it's like as soon as we start communicating with adults or other children, like fluently, that's when we start losing ourselves and start seeking internal validation instead of, I mean, external validation instead of internal validation. Because when you see a child playing with himself or playing with herself and they're doing pretend and that, a lot of that is internal. They're bringing them from the inside outward. Yeah. You know, if you see a child with an imaginary friend, that's them from the inside outward. But... When we see something like that, oh, he's talking to himself in a corner, we automatically want to push that outward in. You know what I mean? Like I that. do. Yeah. I do. I, I just feel like the question now is we understand what that that means, right? Mm. We are all naturally born innocent, good, kind, whatever. And then life changes the mm. way that you are free, you know? Mm. You end up doing what everybody else is doing because that's what you need, external validation. However, if we were to reverse how we raise our son in a society that has all these rules, but we raise a free child, mm. 
Can our child be safe in an environment where there's structure, where there's an organized way to think, where there's an organized way that things happen? I don't necessarily feel like it is healthy to raise someone that is oblivious to it, but to definitely raise a child that's probably asking questions or observing what's happening Mm. and making rational, rational or righteous decisions for them to exist. Because I feel like if you're like, oh, you're a free child, you know, you can do whatever you want, you can do this, it ends up being dangerous because you don't see the things that are actually out here to get you, you know? You don't. Huh? You don't. I'm, I'm saying if you raise a child that is oblivious to how society runs or, okay, we're not going to put our child in school, but what is the solution for that? Mm-hmm. How does a child go from not being educated because you know you have a a lot of homeschoolers but even with homeschoolers they have to follow a curriculum Mm. they still have to follow the order you know in order to progress in this type of society so it's like how do you exist against what's already been created for you it's not about existing against or being oblivious to what's going on around you it's about learning how to focus on that internal validation. Because we, depression, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of it's internal because most of it is external. We feel bad because of this. We feel bad because we don't, society doesn't see us to be good enough. Or we're bullied. You know, a lot of that stuff is external. But when you see the 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 egregor or the God within yourself, none of that really matters. You can walk on your own path. But the only problem with that is, I could be talking total gibberish, is when you figure out who you are, it's harder for society to mold you into what they want you to be. Right. So when people figure this out, they may end up like, quote unquote, Jesus or Yahshua. They may end up like uh, Martin Luther King. They may end up like Malcolm X. They may end up like Tupac. We see what's going on, but I'm strong enough on the inside for this outside not to change me. But at the same time, you I don't want to say not be vocal about it because whenever you're vocal about it, that's when Roman that's when the Rome uh Roman soldiers hang you on the cross. Like it's I don't know. But that's what exact that's exactly what I'm trying to get at you. We um that's what I was trying to mm. deliver to you. It's like we have these gems or these natural people that are like, This is me. But you live in a world where you can get shot for being who you are. You live in a world where you can have things uh, like people that don't want to associate with you because you know who you are. Mm. And you're aware of the things, but it's like it ends up being a lonely life where it's like you can't really connect with those that are, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. (laughs) You can only connect with people who have internal validation. Yeah. That's your tribe. You know? Like, why do, why do we have to mold ourselves in the image of, quote-unquote, society? I mean, in some aspects, we do. I'm on TikTok every five seconds. <laughs> I know, but why do we have to do that, though? We don't have to. Like, really think about we it. Don't why do we have to do that? We don't. Collectively, if we all didn't pay taxes, what, are they going to put us all in jail? We accept. When we park... At a, 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 a red light, say 2 a.m. in the morning, and it's nobody on this side of the street, nobody on that side of the street, nobody ahead of you. Why do we stop? Because it's told, we told to stop. Because we're conditioned to stop. So we have to break that condition. And the only way you can break that condition is internal. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to pay no ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But like we we innately 
collectively as a people need to follow something, which is why we create these egregores. Because we have, to, right we, we have to follow something. We have to follow something. But all the things that are available to us, I think sometimes they're like, all right, I know that if we put this out there, there are going to be this amount of people that follow this, so we can do that. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I love that you just concluded it perfectly. We as humans have to follow something. Mm. Period. But we could follow ourselves. We could follow what's internal. We could follow whatever is, you know, down our family line and religion and tradition, whatever, and customs. Or we can do the total opposite and find our tribe or find what we connect with the most to mm-hmm. either hinder our progress or help us progress. Yeah. And you won't know until you go inside yourself and figure yourself out first. That's the, that's the start of any journey. Right. You have to fight that battle within yourself before you fight the battles in the world. And I do believe, I don't think as humans we are able to fully find ourselves because humans are transformative. Mm. We always have rites of passage when we move forward in life and we grow and we mature and we change, you know? Mm. You're not the same person you were that I met. Mm. You know, there's certain things that you've learned. There's certain things that you haven't, and you're still working on that. And it's like you're still human. Mm-hmm. But we're always constantly trying to improve. Quick question before we wrap it up. What were some egregores that um, your ancestors used to worship before Christianity? Um, I wouldn't say worship. And I don't think it's extinct. Well, belief systems. Right, right, right. And I don't think it's extinct. But um, I would say that religion and tradition are two different things. Mm. But how in my lineage or my background, it's like you can be Christian, but all of those traditions that were from way back when Totals. are mixed with that, mm. you know. Or I guess that progression that I was mentioning where it evolved into something else. Mm. There was a recognition of colonization, post-colonialism. You obviously inherited the religion of Christianity, mm. but there's still some things in place that you would never get rid of because that is tradition. So things like, I would say, you know, the process of Aurora marriage, mm. where you have two different families coming together and having that ceremony. It's very much an African tradition or Southern African tradition, yet it still has aspects of a different culture or religion from where we're colonized by and it's mixed together you mm-hmm. know you have your white wedding but then you have your traditional wedding and so on and so forth or if someone passes we have a whole week long procession and like ceremonies that are done mm-hmm. you even bring the body to the house so everyone in the neighborhood everybody that ever associated with that person that passed gets to drum, gets to dance, gets to send prayers and love with that person in the house, like the the body. Not to cut your wisdom, but we used to have a very similar tradition Mm -hmm. in the early 16, 17, 1800s is when somebody would pass, they would leave them in the house for three days Mm -hmm. so people can come, mourn, party, eat, drink. You know, and basically the same thing you were saying. Yeah, and it's actually rude not to cry. They mm. encourage you to cry. They encourage you to see the person in that state. You know, it may not be comfortable for others, but it's important to... The the way the person came in, you're going to allow them to come out the same way, mm. you know? Um, there's a ceremony for that as well. There's birth. You know, there's some things that you put in your body for certain things, ailments, right? Herbs mm. and things like that that not necessarily we would use from our doctors now, the modern doctors. So there's so many different things, I think. I can't just pinpoint one, but I know that there's several. How All about right. yourself? One. <laughs> I forgot what the question was. You were asking, like, what are some egregores that culturally you had? Oh. Um family. You know, like you said, um, pouring a little liquor out, um, family coming together during holidays, and a lot of our traditions that we practice now is very resemblance of, you know, the continent of Africa, West Africa, you know, um, 
the food that we create, collard greens. I was waiting for you to say food because I'm like, the one thing I know. <laughs> yeah, so the food, food is food and communing around the table and everyone getting together is extremely um is is remnants of you know echoes of the past and just the way we speak with each other you know i think a lot of us the way we walk the way we talk is the way we it's hard to say a lot of ancient traditions that we still today even subconsciously just like it it will never leave us it will always be with us as a people as long as we're on this planet you know and the way we give each other that when we we see you know one of our friends you know it's, or a head nod if you're in the yeah country, like or head <laughs> like the universal head nod you know um but yeah it's you know a little stuff like that so quickly before we close out i did want to ask you what is an egregor that you want to facilitate for yourself or for like our new family? Like what kind of things do you feel like you would like to create? I would like to create, I would like to create, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I've been personally creating, right? Whenever I feel like something is too tough, or if I'm in a gym and the weight is too heavy, or I don't feel like jogging for an hour, or I don't feel like going to work, there's this little voice in my in the back of my head that says, "Don't be a bitch." Oh my god! <laughs> you know, and I'm a firm believer that all of us, all humans on the planet, have that person inside of us. Whenever things get tough or hard or rough, and we need that extra, that extra bit of spirit, that extra bit of chi, that extra bit of mana that pushes us through that wall. The drive to drive. We all have it. And I want that to be the start of our egregor. Whenever we feel defeated as a family or whenever we succeed, we don't... We can celebrate, yes, but... We don't stop. We don't stop. We keep pushing forward, you know? That is, like, the start of the egregor that I'm, like, manifesting. Look how far we've come. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, this has been a very insightful... Um, podcasts and and topic um in conclusion egregors are powerful are a powerful tool for those who engage in spiritual and religious religious practices by understanding how they are created and how they can be used we can create positive supportive energy fields that deepen our connection to our beliefs and our practices um I hope you enjoyed this episode. It took me a long time to figure this thing out and research. And uh, sorry that we took a couple days off, man. We needed a break. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, comment. Like, share, subscribe, comment, and leave us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're using. Yes, what he said. All right, family. Peace. <laughs>